Oh, 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 cheeky monkeys. Get on with it. Toppy, toppy. Hashtag Buckheaders. That's magnificent. Hello, John. Hello, dear viewer and listener, and welcome to Burkamp Wandland. At this point, I usually say something semi-witty. I've forgotten what it was because I went back to sleep. Anyway, with me tonight, it's Richard Cactus Cash. You all right, Richard? Hello, mate. How's it going? Uh, very good. Tonight, I will be calling you Rich, Rick, Ricky, and at one point, I may refer to you as Andrew, and I don't know why I do that. I was talking to Carl about you the other day, and I kept going, Andrew's coming on next week, and he went, which Andrew? I said, you know, Cactus Cash. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you were Andrew. For for two years, I got Josh and uh, Ross mixed up. I've been called a hell of a lot worse. <laughs> Jolly good. And also, the man, the mystery, the myth, the uh, you can't see who he is, but it's the man who's come dressed as Darth Maul. It's only Gav from She-Raw. You all right, Treacle? How are you doing, darling? Uh, well, apart from the fact that I woke up for a wee at about, one, at about half past ten this morning and then replied to your message and you rang me for half hour so I couldn't go back to sleep. So it's your fault and tired. Look, you messaged me. What else am I supposed to do? <laughs> do what everyone else does and like, ignore it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a polite gentleman, Dan Dan. You, you know what I mean? You, you certainly are. Are you good? Yeah, very good. Thank you very much. It's lovely to have you back on again with uh, with your calm and soothing words. They're not. It's just mm. coming to my head. Right, the first thing we need to talk about is, uh, remember, Lacazette 28, Alba 30, Ozil 31. So we don't forget. That means we, it makes it look like we know what we're on about. The Bournemouth v Arsenal game. Bournemouth 1, Arsenal 2 in the FA Cup. Richard, thoughts on the game? Uh, well, I missed the <laughs> the first goal. <laughs> so that's a, a, a great start. I was doing the live show after. I was, I was you. Yeah, and no, I, I didn't get in from training. Uh, and literally just, and I was trying to, the app was being weird. I was watching on, I couldn't w- watch Saka's goal, but very, very positive uh, performance, especially the first half. Um, you know, we, it's, we're, we're slowly getting where it looks like we've got a plan getting together. Um, yeah, I was impressed by it. It was um, the, the, the kids look all right uh, to paraphrase that uh, weird song. Hmm, they do. So were you, uh, what's your thoughts on the lineup? Um, it, I, I thought it was going to be uh, similar, like I say, a, a, a mixture of of kids and the um, the first team kind of like experience lot. But I mean, even you'd say it's pretty standard strong side. Like Martinelli's almost undroppable at the minute. Uh, we don't have any other left back, so you know you have to have Saka in there. Yeah, the only other one that I thought maybe uh, I thought he might start Lacazette because um, I think Alba's back in the next game, isn't he? So I thought he might stick with Lacazette as um, thing, but no, I was I was happy to see Enketia uh, get a run out and get some get some minutes. Um, yeah, no, it was it was as positive as you as it could be, really. That Martinelli goal, I didn't see it until I saw. I didn't see the replay of the goal until after we'd done the live show, and uh, I wonder why people were making such a big deal about it. All I saw was Saka cutting in on the left and having a shot and putting it in. But then you see before that, Martinelli was like he was playing Tron, wasn't he? He was all over the place, straight line zigzag, all that mm. causing havoc. People didn't know what to do, like a bit of a whirling dervish. How that bloke is uh, going to end up being in two or three years' time when he's fine fine tuned his game is just going to be. I just hope he's going to be at Arsenal. I, I, I just love how direct he is and how aggressive he is. Yeah. I think he's, he, he gives us something that we haven't had for a while. 
Um, yeah, I was also pleased with uh, Willock. I thought Willock had a good game as well. Yeah, because he's been in and out of the team recently with injuries mm. and fall, much like um, Reese Nelson on the left-hand side. But I think we're getting to the point almost where we can play, apart from the two centre-backs, we can almost play an entire starting eleven of, t- of players that are in their teams or have come through the Arsenal system. It's brilliant to see. Mm. Gav, your thoughts yes. on the game? Did you see all of it? Uh, yeah. Uh, oddly, though, I spent half of the second half explaining to my brother what happened in the first half because he was just sort of in from hospital when he missed the first half. Was he supportive? Uh, <clears throat> my brother yeah. his Arsenal of course my brother doesn't like football and sports Liverpool yeah yeah no the whole family I mean we've had games we had games in the 90s where my brother's favourite spot was next to the players dugout I'd be in the clock end and my mum would be uh, in the West Upper so oh. we wouldn't and we wouldn't even all go together either we'd all go separately and all stand separately and all that. Uh, but yeah, no, the first half was a lot better than the, the second half. The second half, it, it was almost like job done in the first half when we got the second goal. Both goals, I thought, were absolutely brilliant. Uh, Saka uh, and Martinelli just seemed to be cultivating some kind of bromance understanding uh, down the left, which is really, really good to see. Uh, especially as in theory, they should be fighting over the same position, but you know, due to how it is at the moment, Saka's playing at left back, and you know they're they're both working really, really well together. Uh, Nelson played well. I thought everyone. I mean, the first half, it, you know, I don't think Bournemouth were really sort of as up for it as we were. Definitely and not until the second half. No, and that that's sort of refreshing because over the last couple of years, it's been the other way round where we didn't quite look up for it, but all the players are going in and. I think they know if Arteta at the moment, when they get a chance, if they take it, they're going to keep their position. Arteta ain't really chopping and changing about. Uh, I wasn't surprised that Eddie played up. Eddie started up front. Did he's he obviously because he, yeah, he's been. I thought he done. Yeah. Well, I think the only thing he come back with Leeds was a uh, was a girlfriend by all accounts. Oh. Uh, yeah, apparently by all accounts, it's the only. Uh, the best thing that he come back with from Leeds. But, mm. uh, no, he must have been promised game time. There's no way in the world that we've kept him and stopped him from going out on loan and not going to play him. So Arteta's definitely promised him that he's going to play. So I, I can see Eddie starting in all of the cup games and the Europa games for the rest of the season. He, you know, much the same as the, uh, the keeper. But in going back to what you said, it was... I think it was five five or six ex-Academy boys started the game with one on the bench. So after years and years of having none, we're, we're quite blessed at the moment, I think, in that department. Yeah, I suppose you look at that, it's going to be uh, Martinez came in at a really early age, Saka, uh, Bellerin counts as an Arsenal homegrown one, I suppose, because he's been there since a young age, Guendouzi, yeah. Willock, Martinelli, Nketiah, then on the bench... Maitland Niles and uh, yeah, that's six. That's, yeah. So, which is good. I mean, it is, <coughs> it's healthy. It's healthy to have kids coming through, and we're very blessed at the moment. The ones that are coming through have got the talent as well. So, uh, we're, we're in a good position. Yeah, it is. It's very good. Rich, any more thoughts on the game? 
See, I've changed your name already. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I see. It was. I was very impressed with 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 Saka. Um, I, I I'm not going to lie. I was when Tierney got injured, and then Kalasnach got injured, or whichever which way it, you know kind of was around. Like the, I think it was yeah, Tierney first. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I was. I mean, the Saka was there. I was bricking it. I was like, oh no, we're gonna. We've put this. And I thought to myself, we've got no other left backs like in the youth academy or anything like that. And I thought, oh, he's going to get absolutely skinned and roasted, and it's going to it's going to knock his confidence, and teams are just going to attack him. But he's actually done so well. Um, I heard I, I read I heard somewhere that he's he's actually played. I think is it for like England youth at like um, left back and stuff like that. So it's not he's not completely alien to it. I know doing it in the in the Premier League is very different though. Um, I think he's been absolutely fantastic. Like Gav said, we, him and Martinelli are, 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 are forming a partnership, and that's that's fundamentally that's one of the things you need to thrive in pretty much football is you have partnerships, you know, centre back partnerships, mm. and on that le- yeah. that left wing they've really cultivated something. Um, you know, he's really menacing when he goes forward as well. Um, obviously, you know, be, being a winger, but he's not getting skinned. He's not. I, I, I don't he's not getting caught out of position, is he? He's not getting. No, he's, he's not. not. Getting, when we're getting turned over, he's 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 not getting caught out. I mean, I saw. I don't, a, I don't uh, want to sound like really like over the top kind of thing, but I feel I I fear <coughs> him at left. I fear. Sorry, let me say that again. I fear Kalasinac at left back more than I fear Saka. Yeah. If mm. that makes any sense, when Kalasinac is there, I'm kind of like, oh shit. But he Zach is actually as he, and he's not overly creative, yeah. and he's not going to score you many goals. Sometimes I do like Kalasnich down the left hand side because I think he's good at crossing. But then with our ones up front, uh, the only person who crosses well for them to do anything with is um, is there's, there's um, Tierney because he crosses low and in the middle of the box, whereas everyone else gets mm. the crosses in. And you just know when it's going to be Bellerin or Kalasnich down that right hand side putting in a cross. This can end up going nowhere. I mean, even Pepe isn't that brilliant at crossing, although. I think recently he has been um, uh, the one who has created a couple of goals, hasn't he? We're just struggling to find yeah. Sack looking online. Why isn't it showing him? I saw a really good breakdown of the uh, of Eddie's goal on uh, on Twitter. I, yeah. I can't remember who who put it up, but they basically they they sort of stopped it at various sections in because I think it was twenty one or twenty two passes, wasn't it? Twenty two. Yeah. Something yeah, what they done was they sort of they sort of stopped and broke it down. And at one point, Xhaka uh, was in the left back position, and then they showed that Martinelli's he came he went wide, then came inside, then went long, and then cut and then cut back into the middle. And they showed how Martinelli's movement actually completely freed up the space that Saka had to put the cross in. And it was, like I say, when you slow it down and look at it, which I don't generally tend to do, do you know what I mean? It's a bit of a, I don't know if it's a bit of a hipster thing to do, to look at it. Uh, but like I say, the way this fella sort of broke it down and showed you how that was literally a training ground goal, uh, I thought was just very, very clever. And like I say, the last time I come on here, Dan, we was talking about how uh, when a bang was out on the left, the way he would cut in to pull the left back in towards the centre backs, 
and then had Kalashnak going down the side of him to make the space. And that's something, obviously, that Arteta must be working on in the training ground, just by the, the, the centre the free, the free centre forwards, if you like, squeezing in and pushing out to create the space for the passing. So, like I say, that goal really down to Arteta. It was a total training ground move, wasn't it? It was that classic yeah. up, back and through, wasn't it? It was, it was, yeah, it was. Really, I thought Willock did really well for that uh, goal as well. Like when he, when he sucked the guy and let the, the ball run across his body, sucked the the midfielder in, just got mm. his body in front of him and just went away. It was, I say, it was really, really. But I mean, and if, what yeah. a hit! Oh god, yeah. But if you if you if you look if you look back to the the space that Willock had, because of the way that uh, Eddie was pushing mm. pushing the high line as much as he could. And I mean, and then Martinelli's just moved across. It it was just the space they had was unbelievable. But it wasn't it, it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't even bad from Bournemouth's point of view either. It, it like I say, as you said, it's total training ground exercise, and it it just looks so good when it comes off. I was looking at um um Saka's stats, and last he played one Premier League, before this season. He played one Premier League game in his life, where he came on for a Wobi with, with, with first of the last seven minutes of the game. To go from that to playing fourteen games and making our team look magnificent down that left hand side. But like you were saying, Gav, I think a lot of it is when you when they do show you the replays and people who know about this tactical side of things. Like uh, I see other um, uh, podcasts talking about it. Um, whenever there's an attack, like we saw a good way of putting it in this game, we saw Guendouzi in the middle of uh, central midfield on his own quite a lot because well, Willock was getting forward. And then when Saka was getting forward on the left-hand side, um, Xhaka was falling back into cover to, to make it into the back four again. And I think a lot of this has got to come down to Xhaka. And I think that's why I think quite a, f- um, a lot of the media have been surprised at how the Arsenal fans are suddenly back on side with Xhaka. I think partly because they realised that Xhaka was hung out to dry by Emery and he always wanted someone to be a scapegoat. Even even Mustafi's been forgiven for some of the stuff he's done now. But people who watch it can see how integral Xhaka is to, to the way we play football, the way he'll drop into cover at centre-back, at left-back, whether he'll come and break the play up in the central midfield. And we've stopped playing out from the back as well. Every single ball. I mean, remember the first time, one of the first few Emery games with um, when we had Czech in goal, and then Emery was going, right, playing out from the back. Czech was going, oh, I don't know, what? How do we do this? And then everyone's going, well, I don't know how we're going to do it. And the amount of times we had the ball taken off of us. And in the first half mm-hmm. of the, his first season, Emery's first season, there was a stat going around of how many goals we'd conceded from giving the ball away inside yeah. our own third or something like that. It was ridiculous. And all these things, all these little bits have all coming together and they're all changing superbly to show that, uh, that we are playing brilliantly. And I think it was yeah. interesting that he played... Bellerin on, um, in this game on the right-hand side rather than Maitland-Niles. I think partly because Bellerin and Pepe long-term do need to build up a relationship on that right-hand side. But like you were saying, Richard, on the left-hand side, Martinelli and Saka already, they, they've, they've got the bromance. They've got the Lacazette, young bromance already and that is just so good to see working on the same level. Isn't yeah, it? it's, 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 it's what you need to succeed. You need to have those partnerships. You can't <clears throat> it sounds stupid and, and, uh, and rudimentary, but it's a team game. You have to have people. You can't do it on your own. And it just it, it 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 if they can get on that wavelength where just by just by a look, just by a, a drop of a shoulder, they know when to go and they know where they're going to be covered and when someone's going to be filled in. It's like I say, it's hopefully it continues. Like I say, I was I was really worried when both our fullbacks 
our left backs went down. But it's been, um, yeah, yeah, it's been a, a, a good plus. Well, I think we're also. I'll, I'll put, go, on. go on, Gav. No, I was going to say I, I, I pretty much agree with that. I've been. <clears throat> I do think that it is partnerships all over the pitch that you need. You need the centre backs to have a partnership. You need the left centre back to have a partnership with the left back. You need the left back and left, you know, midfielders to have a partnership. It, it is about all the partnerships. Uh, and then going back to Zaka, it it almost reminds me of when we had Petit. <clears throat> the amount of times that he would drop back into left back or right back, or because he was he left back at Monaco, back. wasn't he? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think he played left back and centre back for various yeah. teams for years. He wasn't years, a but... defensive midfielder where he was when he was with us. So, yeah, no. good point. But I mean, he he would also, like I say, if we're going back to that sort of time to give some form of sort of comparison on how that worked well for us in the past. He would yeah, also that's... drop back and, and he he would cover for Adams uh, or Keown when they went uh, uh, on a little bit of a run forward. So it's. You need you need that in a defensive midfielder. You need someone who knows when he's got to be the left back again. And also when um, um, I wonder, I always forget the Scottish bloke's bloody name. It's ridiculous how I keep forgetting it. Kieran Tierney. <laughs> I didn't mean to say that in an Irish accent. It just I was came out. Say, what was the, the Irish accent of it? <laughs> just, just, I don't know. Kieran Tierney. Um, yeah, so when we've had a lot of problem with Maitland-Niles will play as an attacking um, right wing back, but he's not that good at defending. And then when Bellerin comes in, he's a bit better at defending, but he, and he's also quite good at attacking. But I think when um, Tierney comes back in, he's going to be playing almost the exact same game that Saka is going to be playing, but relying on his pace, relying on his, his, um, um, get, his um, getting on with uh, Martinelli or whoever's playing on the left-hand side. But it's not like when we, if we'd have had Monreal came in, come in for Saka, Monreal's game was completely different. Monreal would be the one that would be dropping back make, and making it into the, the, the centre-backs if any and moved out of the way. So when Tierney does come back, we're still, the point I'm trying to make badly, is we're still going to have all that electrifying pace and that crossing ability down the left-hand side, which is going to be something. And then maybe even you'll see Saka will be the one that will then play in the Martinelli role. And then next season, maybe Martinelli will be the one playing up front with one, if one of those other two, those others go, it's, the, it's such a nice problem to have, yeah, isn't it? Exactly. It's just, a, it's just a lovely, lovely problem to have. And what it we really need really is. is players that when one's out, another one can drop in and do that role. And then if that one's out, then someone else can take over their role. Because so many times over previous years, we've had one player at the club who can play in that position really well, and everyone else is is a square peg into a round hole. Lily said round into square, which would actually work, I reckon, if you made him small enough. Anyway, I'm waffling. Um, right, next bit. Uh, we all finished on the, the Southampton game. We were, I mean, certain, Port, Bournemouth game. Bournemouth. Those people all look the same to me. They all sound the same. They all, they all hate the Pirates. Are we all done on that? I think we are, aren't we? Mm. Yeah, I think uh, Southampton... I just said it again, haven't I? I haven't eaten in days. Bournemouth. <laughs> Bournemouth, I think. Write it the... down, Dan. Write it down on the back of your hand. <laughs> no, I'm going to move on. It's and every time you want to talk about it, look at your hands. Yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, the the Bournemouth, they definitely changed the way they were playing in the second half, which made it a lot harder for us. And I think there was a quote from Arteta that said something along the lines of the second half didn't go as he expected. Um, our passing wasn't up to scratch and uh, Bournemouth up to their game a little bit. But they're going to do that. Aren't they? they brought on a few substitutions and changed the game a little bit. The only other bit I've, the only other bit I've got on this, Richard, is uh, will the kit... Has, don't like to call them kids, but we, everyone knows what we're on about when we call them the kids of the youth. Will they be playing again in the next game at Portsmouth, which is on the 5th of uh, March and is... 
forgot. Well, it, it, it could be any... The next round could be any day between the Tuesday and the Friday. We oh, play West. No, the the West, the next the next round of the FA Cup is all midweek, played between Tuesday and Friday for all five games. We play West Ham on the Saturday after, and then we play in the Champions League, hopefully, on the Thursday after. Europa League. So yeah. we've moved on. Huh? Europa League, not Europa Champions League. League. Yeah. Oh, Don't sorry, Europa League. League. Uh, that's, that's some sorry. wishful thinking now. Then maybe. Yeah. So. <laughs> I think because that game is after the Christmas, after the uh, Christmas break, because that game's after the, the like the winter break, winter so break. to speak. Yeah, it would be handy if we play on the Tuesday and Wednesday. Then we can keep West Ham for the Saturday, and then we can play Europa on the Thursday. But if the TV companies get stupid about it, Which we could end want. up paying. Yeah, exactly. We could end up pay, paying on like the the Thursday. The West Ham game gets moved to a Sunday or Monday, whilst not even being on TV. It, it's it's just daft. We're, we're sort of almost in the, and we're away at Portsmouth. It's gonna. I think they're gonna try and probably mm-hmm. televise as many as they can. But you know we're gonna be one of the four games picked. So yeah, we we obviously you know we're still a big name and Pompey their crowd. You know it's got that, it's got TV written all over it, doesn't it? Really. So oh, definitely. You- so, Gone after you, Dan. I say, so, so uh, who do you think we're going to? Do you think we'll stick with the same, roughly the same kind of team? Oh, 100 percent. I'll be, mm. I'll be very surprised if it's not almost an identical team. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. Okay, lovely. I mean, there's not really that many. There's not really that many, apart from what maybe Inketia, who wouldn't have started, and Martinez, uh, uh, possibly Mustafi, Nelson, if. He's fit, might start instead of Pepe. Is he not dead? Is he not got his knee all fucked up? I think he's due back soon. I don't think he's too bad. Which player is? Oh, okay. more, question, more questions have come in on Twitter. Who? Which player is injured? Did you say? Nelson. Is he? Is it? I thought he had a really no, no, bad back, injury. No, he's back from injury now. I think he's he's ready oh, to. Good, uh, that's good. Well, they've got another I've, twenty-three I've, games soon. I think he should, he might be playing in that. But I say, if, if Nelson's fit, I think he would possibly start instead of Pepe. But apart from that, I can't really see much of a of a different lineup, really. I mean, obviously, depending on how Mustafi is as well. Uh, perhaps he'll bring this new the new fellow in. Uh, yeah, who knows? But I, I think you're looking at at least nine out of the eleven. He's going to start. Going to start again. Hmm. Good. Right, yes, I'm just getting people to send in about seven more tweets with questions. And one of them was a hashtag ABWQ, but was in answer to Fife's forum. I'm thinking, hold on, which way round does that go? You know who you are, Nicholas P.S., cheeky monkey. Right, back to the running order of uh, looseness. Right, off, uh, oh, transfers, here we go. This is what everybody wants to hear this time of year. And the little note I've made is, uh, do you think that as our younger players are making such a great impact that is why we aren't buying players as the only position we don't have anyone coming through uh, is centre-back now that Mavropanos has gone, Gav. He's only on loan, but... Yeah, it's... There is, I mean, there is, there is a kid that's, that's playing for the under-23s that's a centre-back. The problem with centre-backs over the years, and especially in the modern game now, is... You mean Zach Medley? Yep. Yeah. I don't think 
Zach. I don't think that a centre back matures till mid to late twenties. It's one like a goalkeeper. It's one of those positions, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's a very special position, and it's a lot about practice, repetition, and experience. So it's I do. It's about reading reading the game, isn't it? It's about reading the game. Yeah, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, you can get very, very young. You can get young players who are very, very good at reading the game. Uh, possibly the best example of that, unfortunately, would be uh, Rio Ferdinand, who was very good at reading the game at a young age. But he also, when he was young, he had very, very good pace, uh, which helped him out in that side of things. Uh, Tony Adams was pretty good at reading the game, but I mean, you know, the even when he was younger, he got a lot of stick and he made a, a lot of errors that would possibly not be forgiven in the modern game. So you know, I think the, the club are doing the right thing by trying to get someone in who's not exactly been around the block uh, and, you know, someone who's got something to prove. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, I, it's just a, it's just a hard position. It's the hard, I think I think centre back is the hardest position to come through as a as a youth player. I really that's really why, do. That's why Man City need a couple of centre backs. Uh, Chelsea they need a centre back. They they're even trying to buy their old ones back that they've let go on. Um, to went to to Bournemouth. Okay, so many of the big teams all around the world. Just I mean, especially in the Premier League, they, they pay such high money for. I mean, look at that um old slabhead Maguire. What does he go for? Eighty million quid after having what two or three mm. decent seasons at Leicester. Was it 80 million or is it 65? We got 80 million. No, we can't afford to pay those kind of prices. That's absolutely madness. That just shows how valuable it is when you get a player who has a few decent games in a row, a couple of decent seasons. They're worth as much as strikers now, aren't they, Rich? Mm, yeah, yeah, it's just, like I say, it's, it's, a, it's such a commodity now because it is, there's so few of them. Um, so that's why, like, say people like McGuire is going for 80 million. I, I, I completely agree, Gav. It is, it is such a it's a, it's such a hard position to come through. And I think didn't Wenger like once say that like he didn't like playing youngsters in defence because like I said they make a mistake and it kills them. You make a mistake as a winger or a striker, you know you'll get another chance. It doesn't really lose you a game. You make a, defend, a, a, a mistake as a defender, you're you know it's it can really really damage you. That's I, again that's one of the reasons why I was so scared of Saka because I was I didn't want his confidence knocked. Um, I, th- I think had Arteta, because he has, although we're not there yet and we're only, we're not doing it for full full games, he has turned things around to a certain extent. And I think had we, had he not have done as well as he has, even though he's you know, still drawn a few too many games and things like that, I think maybe there would have been a, a greater incentive to dip into the window now. But I think because he's kind of settled us down a little bit, got us working it a bit harder, you know, we're not giving away as many big chances, you know, like in like the, the Watford game and stuff like that, where they, they had like 30 shots at goal or some stupid mm. nonsense like that. Yeah, it was like um, conceded 100 shots at goal in four games or some crazy stat. Yeah. So I, I think he's, it's, it's going to be able for us to keep our powder dry and then possibly go big in the summer. Yeah, I'm just looking, looking at Mavropanos here as a typical example of that. He's played eight eight games, no, nine games for Arsenal in his entire career. Two seasons ago, three Premier League games, and then the end of the season, didn't he get sent off? And then next season, yeah. 18-19, he played four Premier League games, 
and then he I think I think he got injured and he was out for ages. This season he's played one Premier League game, one Europa League game, and gone out on loan. I thought he was older than he's only just turned twenty two at the end uh, middle of December. So there's still plenty of time for him to come back. I mean, he's six foot four. I mean, he's Greek and all the Greek people are as hard as nails. But hopefully he's gone to Nuremberg in the, the German second division. So hopefully that will sort him out. But we've seen with him. I mean, if you'd have, I mean, I thought he probably played 15, 20 games for us. He's not. He's played nine in three uh, seasons. And he, he's looked, he, looked, he, looked, he looked good up until, up until we got sent off. Yeah. He was looking good for a couple of games. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it's like I say, even even that fella, that new fellow that we got coming in, he had a similar route uh, as as him, uh, but at Man City, hmm. where we didn't quite fit in there, and he had a couple of loans, and then he was gone to uh, gone to Brazil and sort of matured, and it's just simple as that. I mean, like I say, I, it, it is. I, I know I'm repeating myself. It, it's just possibly the hardest position on the pitch. I mean, Mustafi, a couple of games ago, creates the howler, look, gets the re sent off, right? But he didn't put a foot wrong after that. And so take out that one sloppy pass he did, he actually had a very good game. Hmm. But everybody's going to remember the back pass that caused Louise to get himself sent off. So that that's why it's such a hard position because it is just literally your your one pass, your one miscontrol away from looking like a complete fucking donkey. True, but looking at this, a um, few bits of information about this new bloke, then uh, Pablo Murray. He's twenty six, six foot four, centre back, can play at left back. He, I was watching um, uh, the Guna talk, Tom. He was. He's, he's had a couple of really good. If you go and have a look on that on, on for Tom's stuff on on YouTube, the Guna Talk, and he's done two really good videos. He had one where he's interviewing a Brazilian journalist, where he's just talking about Mary, and then he had another one a couple of days ago where they're talking about the possible transfer and all the other bits. And then plus, I looked at a couple of YouTube videos of him. He's an absolute lump. He, he's he's much like Per Mertesacker. When he go, he'll go in for a sliding tackle. He's got really long legs. He doesn't fuck around in, um, when it comes to tackling. He gets stuck in. He's not going to be one of those that turns his, his back on the ball whenever it comes near him. He looks like the kind of one that's going to um, that's going to um, stand in front of it. He scored two goals. One was a header, and the other one, the ball dropped to him in the middle of the box, and he rocketed it with his left foot, and a thunder mm. bastard and scored with that. So it's a, a five hundred million pound. No, that's not right. A 500, 500 million? Holy smokes. <laughs> He's Jesus. Be good. Won't be long before. Jesus, he, he might have... Cronkies opened up the purse for that money. Yeah, 500,000 Jesus. Loan fee. In the summer, it's uh, 7.5. <laughs> My M's and K's mixed up, so 7.5 million pounds. <laughs> but I'm not sure what the delay with this was. But then I said on the last live show that I didn't rate him because... He spent a lot of his time playing in the Spanish second division. But then I remembered, oh, Arteta knew him at Man City when he would have been a uh, a young player at Man City. And if I go and have a look at, uh, here you go. He spent his first three seasons at football playing in the, the Spanish second division with Mallorca, then got called up to the first team and played two games in the La Liga. And then he was um, went to Gymnastica and then spent uh, two seasons in the, oh, no, actually... Yeah, two seasons in the third division. So I'm just looking here when it's Mallorca, second division uh, B. So that's the third division. So he went three, third, 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 first, third, 
third, then in the second division. Then Man City snapped him up in 16-17. Didn't play a single game or do anything. Then they loaned him out to Girona in Spain in the second division. Then he went to NAC in um, Holland uh, for 17-18. Played 20 games, got one goal. That's not bad. And then 18-19 uh, went on loan again to Deportivo La Coruña, um, ex-La uh, Liga champions, uh, maybe 20 years ago. Uh, played 38 games, scored two goals. On that season, they finished sixth. That's the only bit I know from memory. And then they sold Man City sold into Flamengo in uh, the summer for... Was it this summer or last summer? I'm just going to go and check on that. Oh, yeah, July 2019, summer just gone. 1.3 million euros. And then they've... Uh, oh. Uh, Flamengo have got the two top goal scorers in the Brazilian Serie A. One of them's on loan from Inter Milan. Um, oh, I can't remember his name, but they've just they bought Inter Milan bought him for thirty million quid, and now they've just sold him to Flamengo for seventeen million quid. Barbosa, that's it. And he was top goal scorer. They had second top goal scorer. They had the top assist maker in the league. And the partnership that um, the bloke who was on Tom's pod said the partnership that he had with the other Flamengo centre back. The other centre-back's been linked to £30 million moves to Europe already. And so he played 22 league games, scored those two goals. And this bloke was saying that he looks absolutely brilliant. And for £7.5 million, there's an absolute steal of a player. And so I do quite like the look at me. Where's the number four for them? He was in the uh, American team of the season as well. And also, the other thing the bloke said on Tom's show was that he played in the World Club Cup final against Liverpool and him and his centre-back teammate kept the clean sheet for 90, 98, 99 minutes. He said the Liverpool were getting no joy from them at all. So, you got any thoughts on that, Rich? Uh, th- that's all I've seen is the... Cause, I mean, you know, who doesn't love a YouTube compilation? We know it all. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but I've I've only ever seen the clips and highlights of him against uh, against Liverpool, like putting uh, trying to put uh, on Mane and that in his pocket. Um, I don't know too much about him. I've not really seen him, kind of thing. Um, the only thing I will say, like you know, you listed like all those uh, things he's had. You know, Girona and NAC and Deportiva, they're all loan moves, aren't they? So yeah. it's always a bit difficult to to really flourish on loan. So I know he's only on loan, but. Arteta's worked with him before, so hopefully, um, hopefully he comes. Uh, he comes good. He seems. He seems. You know, got, got a bit of decent caliber. You know, big, tall, strong. Right. I'd just how, get behind how long, him. I guess. How, how long would Arteta have worked with him before? I'm trying to work it out. Well, Arteta retired four seasons ago, didn't he? So he'd have been working so, with Arteta from as soon as he signed for Man City. So Arteta so left. Last he, had, he had about. A, they had about a year. He had about a year. Arteta saw him for about a year before he went out on loan. Uh, well, Arteta went to Man City in the summer of 2016 and Pablo Mari signed for Man City in uh, the same summer. So they both went to Man City at roughly the same time. And then so like and, how long, and how, long, how long before he went out on loan? Um, it doesn't give the exact dates here, but it was the season of... Uh, 2016-17. Yeah, Girona for eight games... And the next season, it was spent the entire season with uh, NAC. And the next season, so he, po- he, po- he probably only Arteta only probably saw him then from the the June July when he signed till the January when he went out on loan. I did see a quote saying that he said Mari said that when he was at Man City, he never met um, Pep at all. So uh, well, that's blown my my thoughts then. So he might be shit. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, you never like I say, you never know. I mean, it's it's. 
it's like the way Arteta has been very, very good with the young players that we've got coming through because he remembers them from when he was ours four, four years ago sort of thing. So mm-hmm. there, there, there is that. And who, who knows? Like I say, the main thing is, is we've got another body in because as it stands at the moment, our centre-backs are dropping like bloody flies, aren't they? I've just seen so, at least- El Nenny's number four shirt, which is the same shirt Pear wore. So he looks like Pear. He plays like Pear. So hopefully, if he's half as decent as Pear was, are they giving him the number four? Yeah, yeah that's according oh. to transfer market. He's wearing the number four. Mm. So I'm just looking here, Gav. You said when did he go? I think you you said um, he went to Girona in in August. So he signed on the 15th of August for Man City. The 16th of August, he went to Girona. And he came back on the first of thirtieth uh, of June, and then on the first of July, the next day, he went to Breda in Holland. And he came back on the thirtieth of June to Man City, and on the first of July, he went to Deportivo. So he's had about three days at Man City. That's transfer market people. So they may just be rounding it off. So some of them would know better. But yeah, if he it's, said it's it's, it's it's Man City harvesting, yeah, cent- harvesting centre backs that they think might have potential. That that's what it is. Yeah. But the fact that he, uh, the other thing that with, with Flamengo, the last four seasons in, in um, Brazil has either been won by, I think it's Fluminense, but the, the other two were definitely Corinthians, my team. And they, you don't usually run away with the league. They won the league by 16 points, which is an absolutely humongous gap, considering um, that the Brazilian league at the top is usually quite, um, quite tight. So there you go. Jury's out, but it's another, it's another, it's another set of legs. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Whether or not he's going to be ready for, I mean, their season ended, didn't it? About two, about two weeks ago. Yeah. So, it's how long it takes him to get up to full speed again. How long it takes to get him sort of integrated. We might not see him for three or four weeks. Another really good point that Tom's mate made. I should just uh, get <laughs> just to thank Tom for this, but he said uh, that Flamingo have won the Brazilian Championship and the South American their, their Champions League. They won both, and that's the first team Brazilian team to do that since Pele's team did it back in the sixties. So maybe that's another mark. And plus, they got to the World Cham Club Cup Champions, or whatever they call it now. So he's had a really. I think he's played thirty-three games for them since he signed. So uh, yeah, he's had a couple of weeks break. With us dilly dally, and he's had a managed to have a, have a bit of a breather, but uh, I'm quite excited for it. Oh, uh, we like bastards at the club, don't we? I don't think we we have we have Xhaka, <laughs> and Socrates as bastards. The more bastards we have at the club, Gwen Doozy, Gwen Doozy, Gwen Doozy's getting all the earmarks to being oh. a complete wind up bastard as yeah, well. And he, I love him. I love him. Are you talking? Of Gwen you Doozy? would hate him in any other team if he was against us, but he's one of oh, ours, God. so we love him. But he's changed his yeah. game, hasn't he? Because Arteta's um, the Bournemouth game was the first one that he's played since started since started since December, and now he's come in. He has changed his game from just running all over the place, getting in people's way, to actually he seems to have refined his art, doesn't he? He's he's actually filling in spots and doing stuff, winding people up, like we were just saying. He's really turning into he's he's upped his game to another level already at such a young age. What is he twelve? <laughs> yes. So, uh, so the other the other player we're looking at, we've had a little chat about this. We're going to refer to this gentleman as Cedric because none of us can pronounce S O A S O A. I can't even spell it, let alone pronounce it. <laughs> He's twenty eight. You're gonna have to write it on your other hand. <laughs> is he tw- is he twenty eight until he's twenty nine? He's 26, 28 ish. 
He's a right oh, back, okay. right wing back. 33 caps for Portugal, still a current international. The last five seasons at Southampton, and it's a reported £5 million move. And then I thought, oh, well, I had a look, and he started all of Southampton, spelt with an I in the middle of Southampton. I've no idea why I've done that. Uh, he started all of their last 13 league games and was a subbed off injured in their last game. Broken back, sounds that's what we want him. But, uh, yeah, Spurs have just loaned Cole Walker-Peters, their right back, to Southampton because you've got um, the bloke from PSG, Serge Aurier. He's now made it there. Um, uh, uh, Mourinho's now made him their number one right back. So Southampton have got a right back in on loan. So that um, didn't one of you say that he's... Richard, was it you that said that he's put in a transfer request? Yes, why he wasn't playing uh, the beginning part. No, it was Gav. Ah, oh, was it you, Gav? It, it was just literally something I was reading earlier. They uh, early on in the season. A, well, no, I, well earlier before for the podcast, I was reading it. I was you know having a doing the Google searches and all that malarkey Look on the you, new player. Forever a pro. I would do that anyway, Dan, because <laughs> yeah. you know, you know. But yeah, no, they. Uh, he was getting well. Basically, he was he's a regular starter for Southampton. Uh, his most successful time under there was under Mark Hughes. When Mark Hughes played three at the back, made him a right wing back, and in 12 games, he got eight assists. And I know that because the Google search was showing the fantasy football thing. So the fantasy football thing was giving up how many points he got in that time period. Uh, but it was quite a nice article anyway. Uh, but yeah, no, he. One of the stories is, is he wanted to move away. Uh, they wanted to keep him, he went on strike. And then they loaned him out to the Germans. Uh, and then he's come back since from there. And he's still not happy there. He doesn't want to be there. Uh, so he's obviously got a bit of ambition about him. But he's got to fight better in for a place. So it's, it's a bit of a weird one from his point of view. But again, it's another it's another set of legs. You say the that's what we seem to be missing. They loaned him out to Inter Milan. Yeah. Inter Milan. In some, in some Milan. It's yeah. the same sort of, yeah. Okay, just but, before people tweet you, shouting. I'm not going to get everything. I'm not a hipster, Dan. I ain't going to get everything no. right. I read, I read two articles before I come on the podcast just so I don't sound like I'm a complete fucking muppet. <laughs> that's, that's worn you out. Yeah, exactly. So, All that reading, say, do you know what I mean? Did you say that you read also that he plays left wing and you said that or you, he was right left footed no. or something like that? No, he's right... He, I, d- I don't know, Dan. All That's I saw was his... Mo- yeah. oh, the, 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 main, the main bit I grabbed from it was when yeah. he played right wing back yeah. uh, for Southampton under Mark Hughes, he got stacked loads, of, stacked loads of assists. And the other thing I got was in 104 games for Southampton, he only had four errors that led to a goal. Well, so you know. that So that's like one a season. Oh, so I'm, I'll, I'll be quite happy if we had four defenders that only fucking that had them sort of stats. Do you know what I mean? And that was playing for Southampton, who, who you know pretty much shit, <laughs> or, or or as you like to call them, Bournemouth. Yeah, well, you know they're all steady. They're all on the coast somewhere. I'm just looking back over his previous seasons. He's played right midfield quite a lot towards the end of the 17-18 season, playing full 90 minutes, getting a few assists. And then uh, he's played right back. And this season, he's played two games at left wing. I don't know, Richard, any idea how that would work? I mean, it says on, on here that he's left foot, he's uh, right back and right footed. 
Uh, not a Scooby about the, the left wing stuff, but um, I, I he seemed like a very, very tidy player. Mm. I remember I, I, I remember him, when I first saw him play, like really took notes of him, was in the um, 2017 League Cup final. I thought he was really, really good. I, I, I you know, not it was going to be like amazing or anything, but I thought he was really, really tidy. Uh, you know, got up and down, you know, didn't have any many errors in him or anything like that. He kind of, and I don't know why, but it just reminds me a little bit like a budget Ask Villa Quitter. You know, can, you could kind of put him anywhere and he'll he'll do a job for you kind of thing. Um, a bit disconcerting about the old, um, uh, the possible like throwing, throwing his toys out of the pram and that's why he was loaned out to... Uh, to various different clubs, but I'm like, I, I said, I said, I remember I've actually time time stamped it. It was January 21st last year when um, Bellerin got injured, and I, I I put it out there about you know getting him on loan because I said I think he's he's a tidy little player. Um, it seems a bit weird that we're going for him in the sense of because since Arteta's come in and Maitland Niles has played at right back, Maitland Niles has actually been fairly decent. Mm. Um, at right back, so I was I was surprised. I thought, okay, we're gonna he's gonna go back in there, and he's kind of made his peace with it. But um, it, it, it's like Gav said, it's a body. He's an established right back, you know, an international right back. You know, he's, he's one that Premiership, European, Premiership experience. Yeah, yeah. I um, I I I don't really see a down um, a down thing in this. He's, it, I don't think he's shot by any means. Like, um, how old did you say he was? Did he, was it 20, 28 or yeah, until he's 29 or whatever it is? So he's 29. quid for a player of that stature, which is, is quite decent, mm. it's a bit of a bargain. I'm just reading an article here for in the um, the, the Daily Express. Sorry, Simon, if you're listening, but this is the first one that came up, and they're saying that uh, because Spurs have let um, Carl Walker Peters go to Southampton, that's helped uh, Arsenal boss Mikel Arteta seal his next deal. But five million pounds—that's that's bugger all, isn't it? We can have is, him. Is that, that is that five million loan fee, or is that five no, million quid to buy? Yeah, they only paid. Really? They paid four point seven million for him six years, five or six years ago. Oh, okay. Also, reading. Oh, have we have we have we bought him? But I thought we were just loaning him. I thought <laughs> that was. I thought that was. I thought it was five million loan fee till the end of the season plus his wages. Good God! Uh, but, it says but we get. But he's out. He's out. Of, he's actually out of contract. As of the summer. Oh, this is what it says here. However, the Express Sport understands that Southampton will now let Cedric leave in a £5 million switch to the Emirates. Arsenal have been keen to strengthen in defence this window and and announced the loan signing of Pablo Mari on Wednesday. So, yeah, if you're, I didn't even think of checking his contract, Gav. Good move. So, if his contract is up this summer, they just want to make, make a few quid then, don't they? That, that, yeah, that, that's, what, that's what I read. Like I say, but like in the same article, it said, look, it was a five million loan fee, uh, but the player is a free agent as of the summer. You wouldn't pay so, five million pound loan fee. Yeah, it runs out on the thirtieth of June this summer. Yeah, no, that definitely yeah, pay so. five million loan fee for a bloke that they only paid four million for. Mm. We'll know. see. Like I say, once it's announced, the club, like I say, the club were quite yeah straightforward about the deal for the centre back. So hopefully, they'll the club will come out and. Say exactly what it is once it's uh, once it's done. It's not done yet, is it? 
No. I can't check Twitter at the moment. Don't think so. Uh, I'm just checking on uh, News Now and it's not. But News Now have got an interesting thing that Barcelona have bid 85 million for Rick Carlson of Everton and Everton have told them to fuck off. My <laughs> God. How long ago could you have bought Everton for 85 million? Wow. That's yes, uh, football's gone crazy. Well, the Daily Echo That's is nuts. saying we're getting him on loan. Uh, that was at uh, six o'clock today, and the 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 express one was at eight thirty today. So that's newer news, right? So uh, I think that's uh, oh yeah, he started and played in the uh, Euros when Sam when Southampton won the Euros when Portugal won the Euros, and he played in the final against France. So uh, yeah, he's uh, seems like a decent player, and if he has the ability to play this season, he's played two games at left wing. And he's played right back, right, and a couple of seasons ago, he was playing right midfield. I think he could be the kind of player that we need to can come in and play all over the place, which is really important. Right, we ready to move on to the next bit? Yeah, mm-hmm. let's do it. Our recent run of form. Right, our last six games: three wins, three draws. The six games before that: one win, three draws, two losses. Six games before that: no wins, three laws, three laws, three draws, three losses. Richard. <laughs> So, uh, are you happy with the way it's coming together? Uh, yes, yeah, slowly I am, actually. Um, uh, it, it is early days, you know, you're in the embryotic stages of, of um, Arteta's management, and you can see the definite improvements there, even if not all the results are going the right way, because we we're not exactly putting together performances for 90 minutes yet. Mm. You know, you're seeing half an hour, you know, started like, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour, and then the first half, and it's 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 getting there slowly. You can see the improvement, and you're you can see that you know teams. You know, you look at a bit like Bournemouth, um, the Bournemouth game, and in, in the, there's a little bit of fear uh, um, coming back against playing us again. You know, it was a lot of teams, especially after because we were so passive under Emery and stuff like that. You know, as soon as the the match would start, the teams would be after us. But you know, since we we've up the up the work rate, up the the um, like I said, the, the the pressure and stuff that we're applying to teams in possession means that teams aren't as they're a little bit more reticent to to go gung ho and attack us, um, which allows you know, which means we're not getting a multitude of shots uh, um, on goal against us anymore. So it is it is getting better. It's like I say, it's just little increment. You can see it every every. The game, you can see a little bit better. You can see what he's working on. You can see what Arteta is 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 trying to instill in the team. So it's, I'm definitely pleased with the. Even though it's not a massive upward trajectory, it is. With you know, we're still going on that curve upwards. So I'm I'm fairly pleased with it. Gav, how do you feel about that? Because that's three wins and three draws in the last six games. But when you consider that, um, the, was it Bournemouth that we played and they had a shot, it rebounded off one of our players and. Won <coughs> And then there was another one, um, was it Sheffield United, where they had another shot, hit the floor and went in. Two, They were just two yeah. unlucky goals. I mean, that was a, yeah. a couple of um, defensive um, bad bits of bad luck from us having five wins and one draw from our last six games, isn't it? Yeah, that, and you can add some VAR decisions and some things that should have been looked at by VAR that wasn't. And yeah. I know you're leaning back and looking at the sky, but I know no, you've... I've got an achy neck, go on. No, I think you are right. We like with the we saw in, in the in the uh, the Bournemouth game. How long did they check to see if Nketiah was offside? They spent about an hour on it. But Tammy Abraham's waving, standing in front of the goalkeeper. Now we're not even looking at that. Cool, carry on. I'm just no. Yeah, no. Like I say, we, we've had a few 
I don't think we've uh, we've had the kindest of runs with VAR. I mean, we've had penalties against us for pulling shirts. And then when I think we had a game where we had about three shirts pulled in the space of 15 minutes and it wasn't even looked at. That so, time when two players ran into, was it Saka? And they, both, they both nearly killed him. That was another one. Yeah. Oh, don't. Like I say, we, we've been unlucky with the decisions and we've been unlucky with a couple of just fluke deflections as well. But I'm I'm just over I'm very, very happy. I think Arteta is doing an absolute fabulous job. You can see there's uh like I say, going back to what we were talking about earlier, you can see things that have obviously been practiced on the training ground. You can see where he's been talking to players and you know, just the movement and he's bringing in the young players which is really putting some of the older players to shame with regards to their movement. Uh, he's stuck by Lacazette, even though Lacazette ain't exactly been banging the goals away at the moment. He's been stuck with him because Lacazette is, is almost like the, the number nine and the number 10 at the same time. And he's really putting in the work, the workmanship in to the, you know, into the games, which he doesn't deserve to place elsewhere. Oh, Lacazette, not in a million years, no. Do you know what I mean? It's ridiculous. But with with that side of things and the way things are, you, you can't not be happy. I mean, we've probably got the greatest set of kids coming through since 84, 85. And they're all coming through together and they're all mates. And I saw an interview with uh, with Willock after the game. I don't think it was shown on any, any, on any sort of... Main, mainstream TV, but he said Eddie's scoring, he felt like he'd scored. He said because he's he's like he's he's like my brother. We've we've grown up together. He said just to see him score for Arsenal, he said I felt like I'd scored it. He said I was so so happy and so elated about it, and that's what you need. And it's going to be a tricky one this summer because I I think Arteta's got to keep as many of these kids together. And keep them happy, and keep them on the pitch, uh, and at the same time bringing in a few little bits of class to go around them. So, I think we're in a very, very good situation. I think Arteta, with his previous experience of these kids, uh, even though they were sort of 16, 15, 16 when he, you know, when he was ours last, yeah. You know, and like I say, he's he's keeping Freddie in and. Yeah, you just can't not be happy at the moment. It, it you really can't. Even if we, you know we're not winning every game three or four nil, and you know even we're, we're picking up the draws, and you know and we're going to lose a few, and we're going to have a bad ninety minutes sooner or later for the whole game. But you just it's just such a step upwards from the last three or four seasons, really, in just the manner of which we play. You say that we're going to have a bad game sooner or later, which is uh, inevitable. <coughs> if you look at our run of our next few games, we're away to Burnley. Oh, we've got a good, we've got a huge, we've got a lovely run. We've got a lo- nice run of uh, five games in a row now. So uh, away to Burnley this, this weekend, uh, Rich. How do you think that's going to go? Because they just beat Man United, didn't they? But again, that's no achievement. Yeah. We normally beat Burnley up there, don't we? By 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 a skanky little goal. Yeah, um, I was. Now I thought they were our bogey team, but when I did the preview for against Burnley earlier in the season, they they never beat us. Almost never. No, I, th- I 
I think I think we I think we kind of fear them in the same way we kind of they, you have that hangover from Stoke that you know that orcish kind <laughs> of like you know um, <laughs> that they're they're going to beat us up and they're going to kick us and foul us and thing they don't really monster us too much kind of thing we kind of they play a little bit too much football to be full orc to be full Lord of the Rings do you know what I mean this season we beat them two one at our place last season we beat them 3-1 home and away season before that 5-0 at home 1-0 away season before that we beat them 2-1 at home 1-0 away and the season before that they were in the the championship but we beat them 2-1 in the FA Cup and the season before that they're first in the Premier League for ages we beat them 1-0 at their place 3-0 at home so we have won every single game but yet Mm. they give us the win it's got it's got 2-1 written all over it on it it's got 2-1 to us written all over it they're scoring in the 93rd minute as we always seem to let one in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it'll be it'll be someone who'll miss hit it off their knee and it'll hit our defender's arse and it'll bounce in off the crossbar or something whilst their player's offside standing in front of Leno and another player's like punching the hell out of Saka. That, it'll be one of them goals that they score. I'm just looking at the, the games tonight and... Uh... Man United have beaten Man City 1-0 at their place. In the, that's in oh. the League Cup. LEC. So where was their other time they played them? Did they lose 3-1? Yeah, they lost 3-1. So it's 3-2 to Man City on aggregate. Oh, that'd be oh. like, last night. Leicester lost to Aston Villa, didn't they? So Villa, yeah. uh, Villa in the League Cup final. That'd be brilliant. I hate Villa. The Spurs of the Midlands. Wolves are my favourite <laughs> Midland. Oh, I say they're not in the Midland. Uh, that area, because if you say the um, Wolves are in the Midland, you'll get people coming around banging your dustbin lids mm. at you. Oh, they're, they're in the Black oh, Country, they? What? They're in the Black Country, aren't they? They're, they're, yeah, East Mids. Oh, there you East go. But Wolves are my favourite in that area. I've always had a soft spot for Lord Wolves and so in the fourth oh, division. Uh, I don't, don't like any of them. Fair enough. Why not? Uh, Liverpool, Liverpool I can tell you a nice down. story about Birmingham if you want. Is it going to get us in trouble? Probably. I won't tell you. I'll tell you once we're off here. <laughs> and Liverpool it'll, probably get, it'll probably get me in trouble more than anyone else. Liverpool beating Liverpool, uh, West Ham 2-0 at West Ham and the Ox has uh, recently scored. Nice for him. Ah, Liverpool Is it only 2-0? Yeah, 2-0 West to Liverpool. Only 2-0, yeah. Okay. Go West Ham with 10-1 to, 10 to 1 to win at home. Jesus, that's a sign of the uh, the end of the, the yeah. world, isn't it? Right, um, the other no, thing, really. games we've got coming up, then we've got a two-week break. How do we feel about the two-week break, Richard? Apart from desperate um, any kind of football. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's not weird. I think it's, I thought they were going to have it but, but like in and around Christmas kind of thing, but I think it's maybe a bit too lucrative for them, so yeah. they're, they're having it now. Um, I don't mind it. Um, I don't quite understand the the point of flying all the way to like Dubai and stuff like that to do like warm Which weather they're training. All, they're all gonna do. Yeah, like you could do warm weather training. There's to closer that you don't have to have like a you know seventeen hour flight or whatever. Uh, it's just probably not that much, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't mind it. It's like those have a break. It'll be a bit boring without any um, uh, football for a while, but. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't really can't, have an opinion on it, to be fair. It's, I neither like it nor dislike it. I'm glad they haven't done it over... I'm glad that it hasn't been over Christmas or New Year because that is sort of like a traditional 
a traditional British thing that should be upheld, even though you know the, the days of Tottenham at home or Tottenham away on Boxing Day or West Ham, you know, London, all London derbies. Like yeah, so with the Met Police with their overtime, mate. <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, uh no, like I so, say, I mean, you know, they are, you know, they should do better with regards to fixtures over Christmas and New Year to try and make sure that people are playing teams as close as possible to each other. Uh, but there you go. But no, it's it's weird because we could have this two week break, right, and then come back, and then it could fucking snow for a week. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's. That's what I don't. That's why I find a bit weird about it that it's sort of set in stone at least two weeks, even though they're staggered uh, for teams. Is sort of put in the fixture list. Really, I don't. I don't understand it. I mean, if it was, if we just had two weeks of snow and there'd be no games, followed by two weeks of enforced layoff. I mean, what they can do? Play every other day for in like in May or something. Do you know what I mean? We'll be so I don't, like I say, I, I, I think nature should take its course with regards to winter breaks. I think we, just leave it, leave it to nature. If it's snowing and if the, the temperatures are down, catch the games off. Well. Yeah, well, do you know what I mean? It, yeah, it, like I say, it, it, it could go, it could go disastrously wrong. Do you know what I mean? We could literally have a cold snap. They could come back from two weeks yeah. and we could have like a foot of snow. Could do. And it's just going to completely fuck the fixture list up towards the end of the season. Um, One other bit of interesting information. Mm. Well, I find it interesting. There's no one here to shout at me. Inter Milan, who are the Premier League of Italy. Oh. I, I was just looking there. Christian Eriksen, they bought him the other day. He came on for Alexis Sanchez and scored on his debut. They've just got Victor Moses on loan from Chelsea. And then I'm looking at other things. They've got Ashley Young from Man United, Lukaku mm. from Man United. So they've now got one, two, three... Four, five ex-Premier League players who were playing in the Premier League last season. Is it, is it Conte? Is the manager? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, because me, John... He is building one weird-ass scrot. That is a strange squad. Yeah, I mean... Right, the, the, Ash, the Ashley one thing which just baffed me. Yeah, 1.5 million. He's, gonna, he's only gone out there to kill people. And Victor Moses on his 300th loan... He's gone there as well. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting that Sanchez is, is back and playing good because I still like Sanchez. Still one of my favourite Arsenal players, but we won't talk about that. Um, other fixtures that we've got coming up after that break, We've uh, you said it's a pretty good, decent run, Gav. It is. We're at home to Newcastle. Newcastle, yeah, we're away from home. Yeah, we're away to Olympiacos, who are running away or with the, in the, in the top, running away with the, the Greek League again, but I think there's another team up there with them. I looked a couple of weeks ago and I vaguely remember that. Uh, that should be a semi-tough game. Then we're home to Everton, Everton a shit away, and home to Olympiacos. Nah, that we will we'll win that. So are you too confident that we're going to get through to the next round of the Europa League, Gav? Yeah. <laughs> that was a very... Uh, no, it's yeah. It's, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't see it being a problem. No? I don't know. I, don't, I know as much about... Oh, bloody hell. What do, I know, what do I know nothing about? I know about as much about the inside dealings at Tottenham as I do about Olympiacos. But yeah. I'm, I'm pretty confident we, you know, like I say, that, that's the sort of team that we should be beating. Let's be honest. We're the Arsenal. Fuck them. <laughs> Any thoughts, Rich? Would, would, would you guys, uh, considering like the Europa League is probably our most likely 
route into the Champions League because I I yeah. don't know I don't think we're going to get top four. Well, nobody wants top would, four, do they? That's the way. <laughs> well, that yeah. is the truth. Yeah. Uh, would you play a? Because would you play a, a, a much stronger side in the um, Europa League? Like, for instance, like would you would you have would you bring Leno into the Europa League now rather than Martinez? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a tough one because oh. I said on the last show, the last radio show, the live show, that um, I thought um, uh, Martinez is having a bit of a, a few wobbles lately. He's been really good in some games, but I think maybe playing Leno against Olympiacos home and away could well make the difference. Although Martinez has been good, but I think you might have a point there. Just saying, you know, I said they're running away with the, the Greek league. It's Pauk on 52 points, Olympiakos on 51, and uh, Athens AEK on 38. So they're running away. There's only it's a two-team league at the moment. So what do you think, Gav? Would you start Leno? It's a tricky one because you've got to keep Martinez happy and the same way with Eddie as well. Eddie's been probably earmarked and probably put down that he's going to be getting minutes in that game. But it means we can drop uh, one of either Lacazette of Aubameyang, doesn't it? So it's not either one of those two all season, which is which is only mm. we're in tears. We're, no, we're I mean, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, like I say, we've been. I mean, Martinelli can play through the middle as well, even though he he seems to be enjoying life down the left hand side. I think that's his future uh, now. Yeah, exactly. But we did need a another forward coming in, another forward that's going to get goals, and he gives you something different. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like I say, I think Arteta's really got to be, he's got a balancing job. He's got to balance the fact that, yes, that's probably our most easiest and most likely route to get into the Champions League next year. And obviously it's a trophy as well. It's a trophy that, you know, I'd love to see us win. Uh, and obviously there's the money involved in being involved in the Champions League next year, which is massive. We saw I mean, that in like, financial results from Spurs. Yeah, they? made what 40, exactly. 50 million more than us. Yeah, I mean they did get through to the final. Uh, I mean their their TV revenue, if they wasn't Liverpool, if it was a if it was anybody but Liverpool in the final, their financial TV revenue would have been higher because they had to split this country's revenue with Liverpool. So if there's playing like PSG or one of the German sides in the final their TV revenue would have been even higher. Uh, but like I say, the, the difference in finances and the difference in... I mean, yeah, we are the Arsenal. We do pay players a lot of money. You know, We are the biggest club in the biggest city in Europe. We have got that certain amount of pull. But being in the Champions League as well adds that little bit extra when it comes to recruiting players at the very, very top end, which we do need at least two or three of come the summer. So, <clears throat> I mean, personally, yeah, you know, I would go all out for the Europa. I'd go all out for it with the fact of resting players, the league game before it. it you know, like I say, it's... <clears throat> I mean, obviously, you want to try and get the game put to bed in the first, you know, in the first first round, the first game before the, the away game or, or vice versa. But, yeah, we, we, we've, we've got to go for it. it it's, it's, the, it's the finances and it's the future of the club. Well, in the league, we're 10 points behind Chelsea in fourth and 18 <coughs> behind Leicester. 
no matter how well we play or bad they play, we're not closing that with uh, 14 games to go, are we? No, I, I don't think we will. But we're only That's four what... points behind fifth. <laughs> so, <coughs> fifth, we yeah. can aim for. That's why, that's why I think I think we need to go in balls in balls on, out. on the Europa yeah. League. Yeah. yeah. Balls um, one ball definitely. in, one ball out. One ball, yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever the expression is. I think we, we, we've got Olympiacos, we're playing the away leg first, aren't we? And I just I just mm. saw that we've we've got like a we've played them six times and they've won three we've won three. Um, did they did they beat us? Did they beat us when we was playing the Champions League at Wembley? Uh, oh, this one goes back to the, the app I've got. It goes back to two thousand eleven. Oh, okay. so back to two thousand because we kept on getting drawn against them in the in the Champions League groups, didn't we? Like mm-hmm. almost like two thousand. Weren't a lot, weren't we a lot 2011-2012-2011-2012-2011-2012-2011-2012-2011-2012-2011-2012-2011-2012-2011-2012-2011-2012-2011-2012-2011-2012-2011-2012-2011-2012-2011-2012-2011-2012-2011-2012-2011-2
<laughs> I should do the questions, right? Start with you, Richard, from our mate Femster. He says, uh, one, looking at our youth prospects, who are you most excited about right now? You can answer that as well, Gav. So Richard first. Um, well, you, you say you've got the, 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 in the, I say, Saka and, and, and Martinelli. Um, I was trying to find out some more information on the, um, uh, for George Bird from that, um, that is, uh, uh, with the fullback we got in there, is it Lopez? Oh, Joel Lopez, the young yeah. old I think. Yeah, to see how he was getting on, but I couldn't really glean much information. Uh, but you know, I, w- I would say, like I say, it's, it's the, the usual suspects that, that are doing that we spoke so gloriously about the, at the start of the podcast, Saka and, and Martinelli. Um, they were, like I say, have kind of broken in and, and are uh, making great strides. So I, w- I would say those two. Oh, got a bit of news here from our mate Simon Collings. He has tweeted, I have been asked some questions about Arsenal having three players on loan, Ceballos, Mari and, and Cedric soon. So maybe that is a loan gap. He says, Premier League rules says clubs can only have two, and in quotes, temporary transfers, and then finish quotes, per season, but that only relates to domestic transactions. So no need to cancel the Ceballos loan. There you go. Interesting. So maybe okay. Cedric is on loan. So Gav, who's the um, the young player that you uh Well you exactly the same home homegrown is uh, uh Saka and not homegrown Martinelli. They're, like I say, they're they're both both doing great, great stuff. I'm gonna change it a little bit. My homegrown is gonna be Willock, which I suppose would have been your second choices, and non-homegrown yeah. is gonna to have to be Martinelli. But I'm also after giving Gwendoosie a bit of grief, I'm back on the Gwendoosie bus. Uh second part of Femster's just <laughs> start with you, Gav. He says, uh, given how hard it is to produce young academy players, strikers, do you think oh. any of our three, Eddie, John Jules, or Balogun, will make it big? I think they all have careers in the Premiership or the Championship and all do very, very well for themselves. Uh, it's it's down to them. They've got the opportunity. There are ours. There's, you know, you know, we're not completely splashing the money everywhere. And, you know, so it, it's completely down to them. But I don't, I think all three of them have got a good chance. I mean, John, John Jules is, is very, very highly thought of. Very, very highly thought of. And we've also so, got uh, another one to that Sam Greenwood, who we got from Sunderland um, a couple yeah. of years ago. He's banging in the goals for the under-18s. So we are we are quite blessed. What's your answer to that, Richard? Um, I, I, I think Gav mentioned, I don't know if it was before the pod or, or earlier in the pod, that he, he, he didn't think that, and in, 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 uh, might make the grade, and I kind of agreed with him. I never, I always thought he might just be that rung below that might not kind of make it. But I, I really, really hope he does. It's it's mm. such it's such a hard thing to go to go from from that under twenty three that academy level uh, where you're you know you're playing with lads your own age, your own size, and things like that to then go and play these you know big monsters who. Uh, older players, uh, older defenders who have got so much nous. It's you know that's I think that's why you see like a lot of a lot of players who are bangles in left, right, and centre for the for the youth teams, and then kind of almost hit a brick wall when they 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 make that step up. Um, mm. Just because the defenders that they're playing against are so, are, are just 
they're so much better. You know, like as we said before, defenders kind of almost mature and and get better later. Um, I, I to be honest, I haven't seen enough of John Jules um, or Balogun. I've seen barely anything of Balogun, although I've 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 read loads of really really good things about him. Um, but I think I think that's. I hope all three of them make it. I like I said, I think they'll they'll definitely have like you know the the they've got the capabilities to have at least like, you know, the Michael Chopra career of like killing it in the lower leagues and championship and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Good luck to them. I hope one of them breaks out and, and does the business for us. You know, we love a homegrown player. We love, you know, when, when one of the young lads comes from, from the youth team and, you know, you've only got to look at the, the careers of, of people like Adams and Rocky and stuff like that. People who've come from the youth team and stepped up and, you know, you, you, you keep them in your hearts forever. Um, so hopefully they can step up, um, but it's, yeah, they could, it's not going to be easy for them. I'm not. I'm not sure if it was on here or not that, I w- that we was talking about uh, this. Uh, I had a conversation with uh, Lenny Hagland, who's the uh, the chairman and, and governor at Islington Boxing Club, and we was talking about the youth players coming through, and I was sort of trying to get some form of comparison to how it is in the amateur boxing world, because in the amateur boxing world, once the uh, once the kid's 18, he could be up in the ring against like a 26 or 27-year-old. So we was having a discussion about how boys mature. So you could have like an 18 or a 19-year-old uh, who, who, who phys- physically has got the build of a, of a man. But then you could also have 18, 19-year-olds which are not going to have that build to their sort of 20, 21. So... There is the fact, and like I say, being a centre forward and holding the ball up and the strength, etc., etc., you've really got to give these players till they're like 21, 22, 23 before you can really make too much of a harsh decision on what they're doing. Uh, what I like about Eddie is the fact that Eddie kind of knows where he's got to be to put the ball in the net, which... Yeah, he was in the right spot the other day. He, he found the space. He ran into it. He hit it first time, and you know that—that's more or less his edge. He, he is the almost the fox in the box. Uh, but like I say, with with John Jules who can sort of play a nine or a ten, then he's pretty much at the whim of how his body develops into sort of full adulthood, if you know what I mean. So. Uh, but yeah, all we can do really is sort of is hope. They've got to have the they've got to have the passion and the drive. And the good thing about a lot of them coming through together at the same time is hopefully they're all supporting each other. Yeah, like uh, the and they're all pushing. Yeah, exactly. Lots coming through at the same time. I, I mean, obviously it was it was it was different back then, Dan. Do you know what I mean? Because teams more or less lived and died on their you know how many uh, youth players they had in the team, but. To get that many coming through at the moment, I think the press is really, really not 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 picking up on this. They give all all Chelsea all the plaudits in the world because Chelsea have to had to play them because they got a transfer ban, ironically, for dodgy dealings with youth players. Uh, but we're just not. I don't think the, the young chaps at ours at the moment are getting anywhere near the plaudits that they should be getting at the moment. Mm. But anyways, let's, let's hope so. Let's hope at least 
one or two of them make it. All right, a couple of other little bits as we've been talking. Arsenal ladies have beaten Man City ladies 2-1 in the League Cup semi-final, so they're now through to the final. It's only a one leg, apparently. That's really good. Um, Liverpool beating West Ham, so Liverpool are now 19 points clear at the top of the table. Is it 2-0? <laughs> yeah, it's finished 2-0, yeah. And, uh, uh The Ox and someone else, I don't know. And then oh, okay. uh, Man United are still one up against City, but Matic scored the goal in 35th minute, then got a double yellow on the 76th minute. So I don't know what he's done, but uh, I'm laughing all the way to the bank. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Right, so uh, another question is uh, from Jim House and for you, uh, Richard. With Oli Giroud being linked to the Middlesex and potentially further tarnishing his legacy as an Arsenal player, are there any other former players or current players you'd hate to join them lot over there? Um, uh, if if he, I saw a tweet earlier today where it was a gif of the you know Giroud scorpion kick. Yeah, and they said if he joins Spurs, just delete this goal from my history. Just <laughs> delete. I just I'd be absolutely. I always liked Giroud. Yeah, if he goes to them, that just it put it forever put a black mark against his name. Unfortunately, he could it's never. That Leicester won the league. He went sixteen games without a goal or something. Oh, yeah, no, I couldn't count. It. Like, I felt bad for him when he when he had to go to Chelsea. I was like, oh, he really wanted to make the France squad. So I, I could kind of mm, gritted teeth, but to go to Spurs, no. What's he doing, man? There's um, I uh, what what other current player would I not like to see? Either one, any of them, really. Still playing? That is, he was still, still playing. Arsenal, like my one would be. I'd hate Jack Wilshere to go there. That that would make me cry. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I would yeah. laugh because they'd have to pay him fifty grand a week, and he ain't gonna play. <laughs> to yeah, to to hide in washing machines and scare people. Yeah. Um, uh, Martinelli, maybe a Bamiang. There's like holes. None of them really. I would say just. Uh, I don't think there's any of them that I would really that would sit well and countenance well. I don't want any of our players, even our shit ones, to go and play there. <laughs> go. I would love the RB to come out of retirement and play for him. Good. <laughs> All right. Should we move on? That, that's it. May, maybe get Czech, Czech to come back, play for him in goal. Someone shit, you mean? <laughs> no, yeah, give him Sylvester. Yeah. Give him Sylvester. And, and, and as well. Do you know what I mean? That would be a good one. Um, right, next question for you, Richard, from Matt L. Roberts. Whose slip did you prefer, Kante or Terry's? When when Wolf, <laughs> says. Um, it's 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 got to be um, Terry's. It's um, Kante's was like I say, it was a bit funny, but it's always funny when it happens to Terry. In the fact, are you talking about when he slipped in the uh, in Moscow? Oh no, he says in brackets when Walcott scored. So I don't think that oh, was Walcott the, scored. I don't remember that one. I do. Do you remember Gerard was the funniest slip. Oh yeah, he's the funniest. Gerard, Gerard was yeah. yeah. Losing them the was time. The, was the John Terry one where we won 5 3 at the bridge? Oh, no, no, no. Game. I don't know. I've got no idea. Ah. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to say Kante because I don't really remember the Terry one. I think the Terry one was possibly we won 5 3 at the bridge and, and he kind of he slipped and ended up on like crawling around on all fours like some yeah. weird racist canine. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, right. Next part of his question. Yeah. 
have. Will we see a natural defender or defenders come through via Hayland Academy in the next few months? Next few months? Yeah. No. No, I don't think we will. No, uh, we're, we're not, we're not going to. I mean, well, on this, are you counting Bellerin? Are you counting Saka? <laughs> no. Because, uh, I mean, they were both Hayland. I think he means so, of um, Zek Medley or Jean Lopez or a couple of the others. Um, yeah, no, I don't think any of those are going to come through just yet. I think that their time to have come and played games would have been during the injury crisis in the, the early rounds of the League Cup. But I think their time will be the end of the season, beginning of next season when they're playing in the early rounds again. Right, Richard. I think, I think the, the other centre-back they had high hopes for was that. Was it Daniel Ballard? I think oh, he yeah. broke his leg. He's still there, oh. yeah. They've got the young Welshman in midfield. He's another one doing well. Um, Cottrell? Maybe. Mm. Uh, right. Nicholas Pierce asks, really been over this, so I'll ask it anyway. Given the rumour, how would you feel if Giroud ended up at Spurs? Um, I'd laugh because uh, I think it would be very sad. I wouldn't want him to do it, but uh, you've already said your, your answer, Richard. You'd be sad. Gav, would you care? Uh, well, I, I would go from sitting on the fence about Giroud to oh. absolutely hating the bastard, <laughs> uh, and obviously questioning the the, her- the lineage of his mother and father. Uh, but apart from that, nah, I don't give a, I don't give a fuck what they're not, them fucking idiots are doing. To be fair, this were rumoured to him as well, and so were Barcelona because they needed a striker. But I don't mm. want to be lump up front. I think his days of scoring 15, 20 a season are long gone unless he goes back to the Farmers League. All right, next question from Faz. Fraz, if I said. Richard, on a scale of 10 to 1, how is everyone feeling about Arsenal at the moment? I don't know why he says 10 to 1. I think maybe 10 is mm. the bottom. 1 is the best. I'm fe- Personally, I'm feeling... I should do it the other way around. Do it 1 to 10 because that's easier to... Okay. I'm feeling about an 8 out of 10... It's about a 6 out of 10 for results, but it's an extra couple added on because the young players coming through and doing great. What do you reckon, Rich? Uh, yeah, similar. I'm going to say results 6, performances 8, so I'm going to split the difference and go 7. Oh. Gav? Uh, yeah, no, so I'm, I'm not too dejected about the results. Uh, I'm probably about a 7.5 on results. And about a nine and a half, just in general, with just the just just how everybody's up performance. Up. Yeah, no, like, I, I I think it's lovely. Do you know what I mean, I'm, you know, we're I'm I'm shouting at the telly again. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm banging the table. You know, but in yeah. the game against uh, Chelsea, I think Saka was running down that left hand side with about five minutes to go. And I'm banging the table, going, "Come on, you fucker!" And the cats all ran away. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I'm getting sold off. Of, I'm getting told off for of waking the kids up when there's a night game on, and they need to know, Gav, and all it's sorts. Important. Yeah, no, I know, I know. They need to be woken up. But uh, uh, yeah, no, it's. I think it's just a very, very good feeling. The, you know, the the last. You know, I've got mates who who go home and away all the time, and you know, I've had these long conversations with mates who've been the last couple of away games, and. They're saying, you know, the, the general atmosphere with the away support and the noise that the away sport's been making as well has been absolutely brilliant. I think our away sport the last two or three games has been up there as, as good 
as it has been for a, a large number of years. So, yeah, I'm, I'm like I say, you you close them out. I'm I'm a good eight point five at the moment. Right, that's uh, all the questions done. Thank you very much, everybody, for your questions. <coughs> Next f- final bit, Fife's Forum. There are two days left in the transfer window. Are you concerned yet? You two can answer this at the end. Matt L. Roberts, yes, with no real fullbacks to cover injuries, would have expected someone in, but guess we will have to wait until the summer. By the way, not a huge fan of Maitland-Niles or Saka in to fill those positions, though they've shown promise. Um, our mate Femstar, not concerned at all because he's a very positive bloke. These loan deals should give us hope. They plan to go big in the summer, but we can't write off the season totally. So it makes sense to add experience for the league games and then play first team in Europa, which is what you were saying, Richard. Funny how you two yeah. have the same opinion there. Stick you in a WhatsApp group together and you, you get carried away with each other. Uh, <laughs> he's a clever man, that Femstar. He is. Uh, uh, Jim Housen says, with defensive reinforcements looking through the door, which one which was which one was the priorities? I don't know, I think I may have put down a question as an answer. He says that I'd be reasonably pleased, but regardless of keeping Jack at the club, the team still needs a commanding centre midfield. Uh, oh well, yeah, he's saying that although it looks like we've got a centre back through the door already which was one of the priorities. Yeah, okay, I just misread that. Uh, Nicholas Pierce. finally. I'm more concerned about mounting injuries and fitness to existing players than players in. Our luck with injuries this season has been awful and the defence in the level of play intensity from Unai and Arteta. How did Unai keep his job for so long? Why was Burgess fired? Daryl Burgess. I've got no idea why he was fired. Anybody know? Mm, I think he might have been too close to Wenger. Uh, yes, that would seem because uh, um, Emery seemed like the kind of bloke that would uh, be a little bit paranoid. Right, um, Richard, how did you feel about the transfer window so far? If you can keep it short, then you can go home sooner. <laughs> um, I'm not overly uh, worried because of the upturn in performances kind of thing. Um, we got in, uh, supposedly now, a, a, um, a lone fullback, a lone... Um, um, centre back, a lone defender, centre back. Sorry, yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm also. I thought. I thought maybe uh, Xhaka was going to leave for Berlin, and the whole thing about Ceballos uh, maybe cancelling his loan. So I was a little bit worried that we're going to get. We we need bodies in midfield because I don't feel that midfield works. But um, because of the upturn in the in the performances, I'm not as worried as I was at the start of January. Put it that way. So I'm okay. Keep our powder dry. And then, let's say, go go big in the summer. Gav? Yeah. yeah, pretty much the same. Like I say, it's it's very very hard to buy anybody at this time of the year. Uh, it's very very hard to buy top players from top clubs unless they're out of favour. So obviously they've they've had a look and had a scat about to see who's out of favour everywhere. And yeah, it just it just is what it is. I'm not overly concerned I'm not I wouldn't be too concerned if we hadn't got anybody in to be fair uh, it's nice that we've got some legs at centre back nice we've got some other legs coming in at right back but like I say, I'm, I'm quite happy and enjoying seeing the younger kids try and stake a claim in the rest of the side really so you know I, I wouldn't have wanted to see somebody come into 
you know, to limit their chances and their experience this year. Uh, like I say, Saka, who really is going to be some form of left wing back, left midfield hybrid. Hmm. Uh, the fact that he's playing left back at the moment is going to do him so many favours. You know, he he's going to teach him that he has to track back. It's teaching him about positioning, and he's going to end up a hell of a lot of better. Well, he's going he's already he's turned into a hell of a lot of player, better player than he would have been if he was just starting at uh, in left midfield. So, I'm quite happy to see in this, which really is a. Uh, it would be nice if we could do well in the in the Europa and the FA Cup, but really this season it, it it's a shot to nothing. Yeah, you know, we've got nothing really to sort of be too worried about. It, it's all about progress, and it's hopefully all about building for a, a good start next year. I agree completely. Right, a little bit of housekeeping now, as people like to call it. If people are looking on the YouTube, YouTubings, you'll see that that is the um, the November that we did. All the final donations are in. And thanks to Josh's company, who um, doubled whatever he made, we raised £1,693 oh, well for November, which is uh, many thanks to so many, many people that chucked money in there. And, uh, well done. Yes, mm. thank you very much, Dave. And, you, and, and he didn't and he didn't much look like a bloody fat version of Freddie Mercury, Dad. <laughs> oh, funny I could sing like him. Right, that's, his film actually is brilliant. It's a bit dark in yeah, places, but yeah, I really enjoyed his film. Right, you two think of who you want to give your gentleman's nods to. I should do the podcast ones first. It's going to go to Ed Loud, um, Chris Lodato, and Michael Harniman, who all stuffed the blooms down Chris's um, leather jodpers in the last live show. A little nod to Ed Loud's granddad, though, who sadly passed away in the, uh, last week. And also, on a slightly happier note, um, I mentioned in the last show that Sean is working at a school up in Nottingham doing um, training and placement and all that lot. And she says her mentor's name is Michael Langford. And she said he has quite a dark sense of humour. So uh, she'd say hello to him. And so I tried to on the last show. And I couldn't remember his name. So I uh, hope you're looking after Sean. And then if she gets too chopsy, show her the back of your hand. <laughs> Get 96 <laughs> on her ass. But good luck because she'll probably grab it, pull it off and beat you to death with it because she's that kind of, uh, she's got my anger. Bless her. So she's loving it there and uh, she's having a really nice time. And I don't get, she's there for three months. I don't get her back until um, a week in February, a couple of days in February and then a week in March. So, or April, bloody hell. So the house is nice and tidy as she comes back. So Richard, is there anybody you'd like to give a gentleman's nod to? Uh, My gentleman nod, uh, as it has been for the last couple of times, is to the girls at uh, Evolve. Let's see if I can get that thing into shot. There we go. The girls at the Evolved oh, Developmental Centre. There we go. There we go. Oh, uh, down in West London. Then. Yeah, no, no, no. Where's the picture <laughs> of girls? I mean, you mentioned girls, and then you put a picture of a shirt up. Do you know what I mean? I, no, yes. I, I, I sat up and looked at my screen again then. <clears throat> yeah, sorry to disappoint. No, no, no. It's um, no. the Evolved Development Centre down in West London. Uh, girls football uh, from, from 5 to 16-year-old. Uh, let's say they, we uh, we've got two games this Saturday. I'm, I'm managing the uh, the under nines at nine o'clock, and then at uh, half eleven I'm managing the under elevens. Uh, so young oh, nice. crop, you big dosser, can't even manage a team in the fucking winter break. I'm doing two in one day, slacker. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
So yeah, it's a big, big shout out to to all the girls um, down there. And if if there is anyone listening from West London who's got a, a girl who wants to play football, give us a little search on 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 Facebook, Evolve Development Centre. There you go. Not only a shout, but you're helping the world become a better place as well. I tried to get Sean to play football. It involved moving, and she was having none of that. I've seen her <laughs> kick a ball once. It was uh, doing sports day when it she was, was yours. A- primary school no and it was one of those obstacle course you had to jump over this carry a beanbag go underneath the thing then go for a hula hoop and then the last 100 meters or 50 meters you had to dribble a ball down all of it and she was first and she was dribbling it all the way and then she was about to win it she's about halfway towards winning it and then the other girls decided i'll just boot it and run so she ended up coming fourth and if if they'd have gone you lot are fucking cheated sean is the only one who dribbled it perfectly over the inside of her right foot like a pro she reminded me a little bit of mark overmars <laughs> you're not bitter. You're not bitter. You're not bitter about that, then, are you? You're not bitter. She'd have been Hashtag a justice for Sean. If she'd have been a tennis player, she'd have been a millionaire by the age of nineteen or twenty. Then I wouldn't be talking to you. Like I'd be somewhere, sunning myself on a beach in California or somewhere warm. <gasps> Imagine that. All right, Gav, shut me up. Who you want to say hello to? Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, uh all the boys at Island Boxing Club. Uh, got a nice delivery from them today. Some uh, some new T-shirts which I'll be sporting around London in the uh, in the spring and the summer. Uh, so yeah, yeah, Islington and Boxing Club who do a magnificent job of keeping the uh, the local kids around Islington off the streets, keeping them focused, giving them a purpose, and clubs like that, and obviously uh, what Rich does with the uh, with the young kids' football. Uh, I'd really like to see more people supporting things like that because that that's the way to you know train and keep the uh, the young kids in London focused and on the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm. Very good. Right, thank you very much for that too, gentlemen. I think I'm um, just checking my list. It says here now, close the show. So the um, we're not sure who's going to be doing the game at the weekend because a few of ABW are going to be off to Dave's funeral on Friday. I think there's about five or six of us going. I'm not going because Sean's not here to drive me. And so, uh, yeah, all of our thoughts will be with Dave and his family this Friday. Yeah. We've done a tweet and pinned a tweet to our Twitter account. His family would like money rather than giving flowers or chocolates or anything like that. So go and give them money. They've set up a virgin money thing where you can go and give money. And all of the money is going to go to the Willow Foundation, which, if you didn't know, was Bob Wilson. He was a goalkeeper during our 70-71 uh, double winning season host of Match of the Day and all those other ones. Absolutely lovely, lovely bloke. His daughter was in her mid-20s, Willow. She sadly got cancer and passed mm. away. So he set up a foundation mm. for the club to do a load for it. The players do a load. And so um, um, his, uh, his missus has so said... Great, uh, great, great charity. What they do with the money is anybody, any, all the young adults who have got terminal illnesses and stuff, they give them like a, uh, a day out or a weekend away with their family mm. or kids. Uh, it's like make like a wish, say. isn't it? Yeah, it, it's it's, yeah. it's like that. Yeah, but like I say, they they do such a fabulous fabulous job, and I've yeah you know, I've spoke to a few people there over the years, and they're all very very nice people, and you know they're all very caring, and like I say, it's it's uh, it's, it's, it's well, it's the unofficial Arsenal charity. I mean, after the Arsenal Foundation, if you're gonna put money into an Arsenal based charity, it is that one. 
Yeah, so it's um, our pinned tweet, and most of ABW and others have retweeted it. At the moment, with gift aid, it's up to £1,700. And the little bit of story that goes with it, it says, on the 31st of January, we will be saying a final goodbye to David Faber, the Gunaholic. His partner, Pauline, has asked for donations to the BSSA instead of flowers, and we have added the Willow Foundation to present Dave's love of the Arsenal. I'm not sure what the BSSA is, so uh, I'm sure you can look into that. I think, it, I think it's something to do with... People have helped him all his illness. Uh, okay, um, Dave. I, I hope was, he has a wonderful uh, send off. Uh, I think he will. Yeah, do. No, definitely. So many people. I'm just sad I can't go. Um, it says Dave was a highly respected blogger, lover of the Arsenal, and one of the finest gentlemen you could ever wish to meet. Most importantly, he was a family man, super proud of his grand holics. I have permission of Dave's family to create this page, and the football of friends can followers can donate if they wish to. He is so so missed. I think uh, Victoria's had a. Uh, a big hand. Oh, it is. It's Victoria that's doing it all. Yeah. Um, ABW are doing their own thing, much like when Steve passed. We all called ABW got together and we were getting a plaque um, at the Emirates. And we're going to do the same thing for for Gunaholic and just be ABW. So don't give ABW any money for that because it's just us, these close mates that are doing it. And hopefully, I'll speak to Arsenal see if we can have both plaques next to each other outside the stadium. That'd be really good. They're not overly oh, that'd be nice. Yeah, so we, we don't need anybody to give us any money for that for, before anybody offers. I've got, so, uh, I've got I've got my end of that when you want it, so just tell me when you're starting collecting. Yeah, we will do. we already got your one for Steve's one as well. We've got all the money for Steve's. Yeah. Lovely. Cool. Um, nice bit one. Of sad, bit of a sad way to end a podcast, but uh, yeah, these things need to be said. So uh, finally, thank you very much for joining us tonight, Gav. Thank you very much for having me again, Mr. Dan Dan. No more ringing me up if it says AM after the time, for God's sake. Well, if you speak, if it's if you because you're so nocturnal, yeah. if you speak to me during the day yeah. and I've got something that like, I want to speak to you about, it's I'm going exciting. to phone you. You want to make the most of it? Yeah. Exactly. I'm like, oh, look, it's daylight. It's daylight, and Danny's awake, you so I'm going to phone him. And did I tell you what time I was going to go back to sleep till? You said you were going to go back to sleep till about five o'clock. Uh, two o'clock, and I woke up at quarter past six. <laughs> oh, I slept uh, for for I think fourteen hours. It's awful. Uh, Richard, thank you very much for yet again joining us. It's it's great to have you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Always good. always a good time with you guys. Yes, because uh, we asked. Um, nice one, Rich. Uh, most of ABW are, are on their ass at the moment because they're working working all the hours, and John's computer keeps blowing up. And uh, <sighs> so it's good to have three of us get a show done. One hour forty one minutes. Can't argue with that. And uh, we will see you. Actually, we might, might be just me on my own, not against the Burnley game, because uh, nobody can make it. And if John's computer's working, it'd be me and John. But other than that, uh, yeah. Dan, Dan, oh. Dan, if you, if you need me for the Burnley game, I'll come on, mate. Oh, bless your socks. <laughs> All right. As long as, like I say, I'll have to make, I'll have to make sure that I integrate that with my Sunday lunch. Yeah. Uh, so but like I say, I'm but no, honestly, Dan, if, if, if you're sure, I'll mumble without the bollocks with you for half hour. Bless you. That's very kind of you. Right, shush, we're going to go now. One hour, 42 minutes. This has been a Burkamp Wonderland. We are an Arsenal podcast, and we will see you on Sunday. Goodbye. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog. <laughs>